Christian Ritchie here with another Hometime podcast. Thank you for choosing to listen. Um, a lot going on in the show that you're going to hear very soon. One of the things I didn't get the chance to uh, uh, talk about um, in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, something happened over the weekend, Bush. Um, do you ever get this with, uh, with Katie? Something is said to you and immediately in your head, alarm bells are ringing that say to you, if I don't deal with this in the right way, uh-huh. I could be in an immediate load of trouble. Is it uh, something to do with, like, how trousers look or something? <laughs> no, in this case, it wasn't, no. Right. So, yesterday, weather was lovely. We found ourselves uh, down on the beach just outside Bournemouth uh-huh. and uh, very, very still sea. Uh, so I start skimming some stones into the sea and then that changes from skimming the stones, Rocco sh- just asking me to throw it a long way, so then I'm, like, trying to throw the stones as far as I can. Uh-huh. And Natalie, obviously, wants in on this, starts picking up the stones and, and throwing them out there and is disappointed with where they're going and she turned round to me and says why can I not throw very far what am I doing wrong now this is the point the alarm bells go off in my head I'm not trying to be silly here or anything she was asking me genuinely but I was immediately thinking if I don't deal with this right if I say the wrong thing I'm in all sorts of trouble so what what kind of angle did you go down because there's a few angles that probably could end the relationship I imagine I went down a very, very practical route. Uh Uh-huh. I got my iPhone out and put it on slow-mo function, and I said, do a throw now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to record it in slow-mo, and then let's break down the biomechanics and we'll work out what's going wrong. So, were you the golf shop? (laughs) Analyse someone's swing? This is crazy. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Loving life right now and a great weekend. A bush I experienced uh, one of the simple pleasures on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. A hotel breakfast. Oh, I love a hotel breakfast. And I have to hold my hands up and say, yes, I ate to excess. I don't think you'll find uh, a better bargain in life in 2022 than a Premier Inn breakfast. They're lovely, aren't they? They really are lovely. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. You just walk in and, and and they just they show you this fabulous spread. They say, there's your hot plate, there's your continental breakfast, there's your juices, there's your drinks, there's your cereals. What, Go for it. So what, what's your kind of routine then? Do you, do you sit down and have like a, a bit of cereal and a bit of yoghurt first to kind of ease into it? Or do you go straight in for the fry up and then have that stuff later on? I'll reel it off. Go on. I went fried breakfast, uh, which was uh, a hot plate affair. Sometimes it's buffet, sometimes it's hot plate. That's fine, I don't mind, as long as it's edible. So I went fried breakfast first off. Once I'm done with my fried breakfast, then I went with four slices of toast and marmite. Nice. (laughs) Just a little breaker. Whilst I'm toasting the toast myself at that conveyor belt toaster, I had a pan of of chocolate while I'm waiting. Stood at it. (laughs) Stood at it. Stood at it. Without a plate. Bits of pastry flaking onto the car. It by the toaster. It's weird, isn't it? Katie has a go at me for standing up eating all the time. And you couldn't be bothered. To, you're waiting for more bread to come out and eating bread. Two, I love that. two fruit juices, two machine coffees and a bowl of cocoa pops. Oh, my God, they must have wheeled you out of there. <laughs> I don't think I ate uh, until until evening time. I reckon they were faxing your picture to other Premier, premier Inns around the United <laughs> Kingdom. Don't let him book. <laughs> oh, my God, I just love... I love a hotel breakfast. It's just fantastic. Do you know... It is... Every now and then, I mean, I hold my hands up. It's, it's it's not good, all right. But every now and then, just doing something to excess is fun. Reveling in it a little bit. You done anything recently to excess? Well, in fact, just a few hours ago. Go on. 
Well, uh, sorry, it sounds a bit dodgy. Let me let me, let me cl- clarify. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm staying up and looking after the baby a little bit at the moment because yeah. obviously Stella's only a few weeks old, uh, which means I'm, get, I'm getting like access to watching loads of TV. Yeah. I watched pretty much all of the NFL championship games last night through into this morning. Watched all of uh, uh, Bengals versus the uh, uh, the Chiefs yeah. and then right the way through to halftime, Rams versus the 49ers. Normally, I wouldn't get that kind of TV watching through Congress in a million years. Uh, I, I was literally reveling in NFL. It was amazing. And they're not quick games, are they? No, I probably watched I don't, maybe six hours back-to-back of uh, American football. Absolutely to excess, but I loved every second of it. I wish this home time show was being done in front of a studio audience because I think both of us deserve a round of applause for our hotel breakfast and our American football watching. At least, you know that thing where you're cheered off and everyone does a guard of honour for you and makes a little <laughs> yeah. uh, tunnel with their hands? That would be great. If there is anything that you have done to excess recently and you'd like to let us know about it, now's the platform. Steph has tweeted us a picture of a, a, a roast dinner. She'd had at a pub over a weekend. It's served up on a chopping board. It's outrageous. You've got <laughs> it's to see the photo. Absolutely incredible. What are you on from that? Same with the roast. Same if you've ever had like a fi- fish platter. Have you ever gone to like a place and they've done like a seafood platter? You want that meal to take you to the edge where you almost get the fear. <laughs> And you don't know whether you can look that kind of meal in the eye again for at least a couple of weeks. Carl says, does the three-quarter empty litre bottle of vodka from Saturday night count? Still feeling bad from it. Can't do hangovers anymore. I'd say that very much counts. What have you done to excess recently? Share the tales, please. Have a little look on our Facebook page. We want to ask you quite an interesting yeah. uh, question about you and fry-ups. Have a little look now. Stu says, Mum sent a McVitie's Gold Biscuits package uh, as part of a a care pack once uh, when I was away. An 18-pack lasted two days. That is going some, isn't it? Yeah. When when you look at the stats, and so is this from Tom, I watched all of Breaking Bad in ten days whilst working for eight of them. Days which I thought was pretty impressive. That's an average of 6.5 hours a day of Breaking Bad. Now, you see, this thing, excess doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be food, no. it could be anything. And we've got William on the line right now. William, what have you been doing to excess? Well, I've been watching MasterChef all the time, mate. You know, I'm addicted to that. OK, what, the current MasterChef series? Like, 2017, 16, 15 and everything. Well, so you've gone all the way back to the 2015 series of MasterChef. Yeah. Yes, and then one day I got myself cooking Brazilian steak for me and my girlfriend at eleven o'clock in the evening. Hang on one second. You're, you're cooking. You're cooking steak at eleven o'clock in the evening because you are out of control <laughs> watching old episodes of MasterChef. Well, I'm a, I'm a food lover, you know. I'm Brazilian. I like my steak and like I'm watching like MasterChef all the time. And see all those food. I was like, hang on a minute. I've got some Brazilian steak in the freezer. I'm just going to make the steak for me and my girlfriend. Fantastic. And, and has MasterChef inspired you to maybe make the traditional Brazilian meal of a Brazilian stew? Brazilian stew I'm going to make for you and Richard, mate, whenever you guys go to my house. <laughs> this, this story is a little sideline on this. This keeps recurring in my career at Absolute Radio. I think, William, you came on uh, the show when I was doing the, the daytime show, the No Repeat Guarantee. Talked about your, your Brazilian stew. I get lots of tweets from people who are obsessed with it. Just to confirm them, one final time, if there is such a thing as a Brazilian stew. Well, it's not about, I mean, it looks like it's chewy. It's like, you know, it's like a Brazilian style of cooking a lot of meat and vegetables like yours, but we call a carnage de panela, which like things like meat in a pan, but it's, it looks like the same, you know? Did you say carnage? Yeah, no, car, carny, carny. Oh, okay, <laughs> so right. 
I like the idea of some kind of meal that's called carnage. Carnage. No, uh, no, no, me, me, in Portuguese. And I remember when I told you that, you were doing something about taking someone to the future, a different planet, and you were like, you know, taking people, what are you going to do if I put you on a like, spaceship? I was like, I'll cook you some Brazilians too. That's what I said, I remember that. We love that. It's just, I didn't have Brazilians down for making a stew. That, that, you know, a casserole, yeah. that kind of thing, but, you know... Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. That's good. Well, now we know. It's an education, this show, isn't it? Adam says, I went out Thursday for beers and a curry with a mate, and then I did it all over again on Friday with other mates. Wow. Same pub, same curry house. So they're looking at him. Like, he's back in the game. He's back in the game. Says it took all weekend to get over it, during which I had to visit family and drive my daughter back to university. Do you know what? I don't, I, hand on heart, I don't think I could do two nights out on the trot. <laughs> no, not in no a million way. years. No way. Not in a million years. Uh, Kelly says, this is not food related, but I've got 17 pairs of leather gloves, even though I've only got one pair of hands to keep warm. See, this is it. Excess comes in many different forms. We want to hear about it. <laughs> We're after your fellow uh, stories of uh, excess. Dennis, what did you do? I was trying various different hot sauces. You know, starting with the mild ones, like sriracha. Get, so before you get into this, uh, Dennis, do yep. tell us the context. Were you at home on your own doing this, or what, it was in the evening, or what? What was going on? No, well, I was um, having some uh, dinner, and I, had, I, I noticed I had a lot of sauces in the cupboard. Right. <laughs> so I thought, I'd give them a go. <laughs> as you do, as you do. So what did you start with? Uh, sriracha. How did that go? That's quite mild. It's, it's not too bad at all. Were you making notes as you went, or were you just keeping it in your head to remember one each, each one? No, I just thought, I tried one. I, I tried the sriracha. I yeah. thought, that's, that's a bit too mild. You know, for, you know, so then I then I pulled out some Duns River, then right. some Tabasco, Going and they were the gradually gears. getting hotter. Yeah. Then there was one that my daughter had bought me from uh, Lidl, and it's called Bring the Pain. Bring the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and? Yeah, I was regretting that one. <laughs> I was rather generous with it. Splashed it all over the, uh, the, the pork ribs. Is this what you're eating at the time, pork ribs? <laughs> yep. Brilliant. Yeah, and, uh, damn, that was painful. It really... <laughs> the, na- the name match- matches the description. Good for little. <laughs> How are you faring today, Dennis? It took a, a good 12 hours to get the feeling back in my tongue. <laughs> Fantastic. Every cloud's got a silver lining, hasn't it? Yeah. Well done, Dennis. Thank you for telling us all about okay. it. Thank you. Final day of January, uh, and we're kind of Christmas is like in the in the rear view mirror mm. now, but there's one thing that happened over Christmas that is still confusing me a little bit, OK? Uh, I, I think over Christmas, obviously, the baby was about to arrive and all that kind of thing. When, when I heard about this thing, I just let it slide because it was everything was so chaotic. I didn't really have a chance to sit down and, and, and process it. Uh, but it's still troubling me to this day. Let me explain. Uh, Pete Donaldson and Sarah Champion live down the road from me and Leon C. They're like a media power couple. Yeah. And we meet up with them a fair bit for coffee and walking the dogs and all that kind of stuff. We met up with them just after Christmas, and it's quite chaotic and everything. Like, we're in a busy cafe. We were talking about doing Christmas dinners and how their Christmas day had gone. And Pete told me that he had a right stress about doing the turkey because he was cooking... A lot of people do. You know, you get people get worked up about it, and he had a bit of a stress. And I asked him to clarify what was it in particular. And he told me that he ended up having to keep the turkey in the boot of his car for two days to defrost it. What? And then we ended up, um, something happened, and we had to, I think Thea wanted like a cup of hot milk, and I ended up not being able to ask Pete any more questions about it. And still to this day, I wake up sometimes in the evenings thinking, 
Why was Pete driving around with a turkey in the boot? Is that a thing what people do? I like to I like to think you've you've heard you've heard most things that I've never heard anything like that ever. Would you ever? I mean, think about how much you love your car, right? Mm-hmm. Your nice car. Would you yeah. ever put a frozen turkey in the back of there and just Go about your daily business. Well, I'm trying to think about literally daily business because obviously turkey is a once a year thing for most people yeah. at Christmas. I'm trying to. It would be more routine of me to buy like a frozen chicken for a roast at the weekend. Yeah. And if I've come back from the supermarket, I'm running in like Linford Christie with that chicken into the freezer so it doesn't defrost. There's one for the kids. Yeah, thank you. No, but and it's weird. Isn't it? And the other thing is as well. Pete gave me a lift somewhere, and I'm thinking I'm doing the math now, and I'm thinking that turkey was in the boot without him, him, him even telling me. I, I was unaware. Um, I mean, I know they got... I, I remember hearing that he bought a turkey that was way too big. Yeah. I don't know how long these things take to to defrost. There's just so many questions. Just sort of put it out there. People on who listen to this show are very learned. We ain't, yeah. but they are. If you have any idea what on earth was going on there, why would Pete Donaldson be driving around with a turkey in his boot, then please uh, get in touch with the show now. And let's sort this out so I can at least sleep at night. You've defrosted a turkey in an unusual way yourself, and that is like a, a tried and tested method. A thing has just come on my phone which may provide some uh, light, shed some light onto the situation. Pete has just left us a little voice note, and this is what he's got to say for himself. Hello, Bosch. Hello, Richie. And the rest of you wastrels. I defrosted this year's turkey in the boot of the car because when you're defrosting anything, it's really terrible to do it anywhere that has, like, a variable temperature. And with the heating being on in the house over Christmas, I thought, well, the car boot is the, is the coolest place I had. And also, I spilled a bottle of Cashel GTX Ultra Clean in the boot uh, a couple of months back, so uh, I thought it would give it a smoky, umami flavour as well. And it turns out, though, two days in the car boot, it went in the oven still frozen, it was absolutely rank, and there's only 327 days until the next abomination. Ta-ta! Fantastic. Well, there you go. Now we know. Uh, and isn't that amazing? What a weird way to defrost a, a turkey. That is, uh, that's kind of blown my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has mine as, as well. I'm li- literally, literally speechless. I tell you what, though, it might by accident have provided us with a little phone-in topic for uh, right the way through till 6 o'clock tonight on Home Time, because you're going to have to go some to beat a turkey, but... A frozen turkey. What is the what is the weirdest thing you've got in your boot right now? If you're driving around in your car listening to this show or you know it's in there, something unusual in there, if you've got something weird in the boot of your car at this minute as we speak, be honest, cards on the table. Mick says, with very little details whatsoever, I've currently got 500 IKEA tea lights in my boot. Because, you know, if you've got, like, five or ten, that's personal use. Yeah. 500's dealing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Cheryl's on the line. Cheryl, what have you got in the boot? Um, 24 sausages and about three litres of onion gravy. Wow. What an amazing thing just to travel with that you know you've got there in case of emergency. <laughs> Tell us the backstory to this. <laughs> we were going to have our family burn supper yesterday um, because it was just when everybody could manage. So instead of just having the haggis, my daughter was again making the haggis lasagna. Uh-huh. And I thought I would make some sausages and onion gravy to go with the uh, the plain old boring haggis. But of course, it had to be cancelled because of the weather, the big storms we had up here. Oh. And um, I couldn't put what I'd made in the fridge because I didn't want to open the fridge door But when we had no power. <laughs> the logical place is to put it in the car because it's cold. Do you want know this is exactly the same process of thought of our, our friend Pete? You know, you can't yeah. sit outside the house. It's at a certain temperature. It's cold at the moment. I guess it is a portable it's, fridge. It is. It is. 
And it seems to work by the sounds of things because Pete said earlier on that his turkey actually didn't defrost. Yes. Yours have been mm-hmm. in there for a few days now and don't sound like they're ruined. So th- this is this is blowing the fridge market wide open. I might, I might keep my beers in, in the boot or it might send the wrong message. <laughs> yeah, well, as long as you're not drinking and driving, then that's, that, that's OK as long as the car's just at the door. <laughs> exactly. They can't catch me if I'm stood at the back of the boot. Uh, good to speak to you. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks. Tom says, I have a horseshoe in my boot that I found in the back pockets of the driver's seat of my first ever car. Now, you see, that's not a bad idea, because, of course, we all know that is good luck, your horseshoe. So to have that as as a memento in a car... He's just taking his good luck around with him, isn't he? Uh, Listener Clive's tweeted, I could live in the the boot of Clive's car, I think. 200 pork pies and 50 scotch (laughs) eggs right now. Imagine that. What It's like a tailgate party 24 hours a day. Brilliant. Toby says, I've got two fans and a cat toy. Glad we didn't call him back. Uh, at the moment, though, we've got Jeff on the line. Jeff, please tell everyone what is in your boot. I've got the, a model of a human spine and pelvis and maybe some vertebrae lying about. Uh, You've got, got to give us some clarification on here. What's going on, Jeff? I'm a manual handling instructor. Manual handling sounds like a special interest box you might tick on certain websites. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that. Well, so you go around telling people how to lift things up properly. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's part of health and safety. Brilliant. So what, you, you get the pelvis out then when you're trying to show people the, the stress you might put on your back if you weren't lifting things from your, from your knees? Yes, definitely. You need to get the pelvis out and show them how to move it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this All right is a family then. show, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, man. Can I just say, that I thought we'd at least get one other person come in and say, oh, I've defrosted my turkey in the boot of the car as well. Yeah. Not one person. No, it's a bad result for Pete. Pete, unfortunately, mate, you're off your head with that particular defrosting <laughs> method, so uh, no one's backing you up on it. But thank you for getting in touch about stuff you've got in the boot right now. Trisha says, weird thing in my car boot is a bra. Uh, it was annoying me as it was so tight as I put on weight during lockdown that I took it off and threw it in the boot and it's still in there a year later. Uh, clothing coming in from Mac as well. He says, I've still got my best man's waistcoat in my boot from my wedding <laughs> in July. He lives in London. I live in Northern Ireland. He's been home twice since and I keep forgetting it's still in there. It's in his suit pack. He'll get it back someday. Uh, still getting your, your, your messages and comments coming in. We've got Bernadette on the line who's kept something unusual. She stored it in an unusual location okay. but not necessarily the boot. Uh, Bernadette, tell us about it. So what happened was I went abroad uh, to Belgium on a business trip. On the way back I bought some cheese on a recommendation of a friend. It was so smelly my partner wouldn't let me leave it in the house or the car. And I had to tie it in a bag <laughs> and put it on the back door handle. You don't have a garage. You wouldn't have it in the house. Do you know what? I think I people people think you've got a vampire that you're trying to ward off. <laughs> no, it's just really smelly cheese. So you had to hang it from a door handle because I guess if you can't just leave it on the on on a back step because then you're going to have rodents going after it, like Tom and Jerry. So <laughs> hanging from the back door handle—that's amazing. Some sad TV news that has uh, reached people today. Uh, the actor Leonard Fenton has uh, died at the age of 95. You will know him better as Dr Leg. Not Dr Leg, God bless him. Dr Leg, I think for, for, for our generation, I think if there was like a, a family fortunes and someone said, name a TV doctor, you'd just go in Dr Leg. He is, he's iconic, isn't he? Absolutely iconic. 267 episodes of EastEnders between 1985 and 2019. Do you know what? I find EastEnders fascinating, like, in terms of... I wonder how they get paid. Like, do you, do you want, like, a set flat rate? 
for EastEnders? Or do you get paid like if you're in more scenes than someone else? You get more money than someone. You know, there's a fellow with a comb over hairstyle who uh, is in the background of the of market. It's the same like Big Ron. Was he was it Big Ron? The, the the guy never used to speak. Pete Beale. No, no, no. Well, Pete Beale definitely did speak. There actually. was a silent. There was a guy in EastEnders that was like the the main market trader guy. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think he, he's there anymore now. But he was just always in the background. I always wondered, like, does he get paid the same amount as people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you must get like a contract to begin with, and then if you're like a, I guess Doctor Leg, a recurrent character, pay as you play. Years, maybe it's it's like a pay as you uh, appear thing. But like iconic, he was in that first episode. I can remember that when EastEnders first debuted, and oh. and, and they're walking in on that 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 fella in that. Stinky flats. Unbelievable scene. First ever uh, opening scene of EastEnders. Ali Osman and Dirty Den bust through a door. There's an old fella there, obviously, unfortunately, deceased in a seat. Indeed. And obviously, Dr. Leg does his stuff and, make, you know, checks on him and all that kind of stuff. But we talked about it before on this show that that'd be a great backstory thing. What, what, what happened to that fella to the point where he got there in the seat? I'd love to know, even like Call the Midwife style, yeah. go back into Dr. Leg's career. Yes. The early days of Dr. Leg. An early day Dr. Leg. De- definitely deserves it. R.I.P. Dr. Leg. I would like to officially welcome Frank Lampard to Everton Football Club. He's been unveiled as our brand new manager today. After a lot of, like, skulking around over the weekend, it's like, make the announcement. Come on, announce it for crying out loud. And he's been unveiled today. He's a good-looking man, he, Frank Lampard. Can I just say, um, I would also like to welcome Frank Lampard to Everton because uh, Everton governs your happiness and you've not been a happy chappy. I've not been happy, Richie. I can't remember the last time I watched Match of the Day and I'm not joking. I literally can't remember the last time I watched Match of the Day. I'm not watching it if we've lost. And we've had so many terrible, terrible games on the trot. Someone sent me this thing, it looked like a wordle like loads of red squares and they said to me it's not a wordle it's just Everton's last five games it's just like a load of red losses so um, it's been an awful couple of years being an Everton fan we've all been falling out with each other being an Everton fan at the moment is like if you're a family that goes on holiday to a resort and you're all arguing people can hear you arguing and then you feel like everyone's talking about you when you come down to the canteen for breakfast in the morning <laughs> that's, that's what being an Everton fan's like so this feels like a fresh start so turn over a new kind of page, write a new chapter under Frank. We need to stop falling out with each other and get behind the new manager. But um, I you know, just want to dedicate this little evening to anyone else. Raise a little glass and say cheers if you're doing a fresh start as well. Fresh start for me tomorrow. It's a new month tomorrow. January has not been a, a great... You know, for a lot of people, January's a good... You know, you start new habits and all that. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Not for me, no. <laughs> I, I mean, you heard about that the hotel, the hotel incident the <laughs> Premier in yesterday. Start. It's a new month tomorrow. 28 good days. Fresh start. Bush and Richie here with news of a brand new game. Oh, have we? Yeah, it's going to be a smash hit, trust me. People love sharks, right? Yeah. And people love art, yeah? Yeah, I guess people do love art. So we bring you Shart, the exciting new game... Sorry, what's it called? Shart. Can I have a quick word? Yeah. Over here. You can't call it that because... Uh, Okay. Is it, I just think it'd be quite... No, no, yeah, no, I didn't really. It's off. It's for the best. So there's the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Turns out it was um, hip rotation. Is that what it is? Just turn of the hip and she'll throw further? I, I felt that um, the, the hip rotation was through before the arms started doing anything, so I said it was a waste of kinetic energy. We're talking about Natalie's throwing uh, technique on the beach here, by the way, from earlier on. She's going to be delighted that came up on the podcast as well.